This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Season two of the Pat and JT podcast. Oh my, now I'm here at last. The best time always gonna be the best to come out. Exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. Uh, thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us everywhere. It's Pat and JT, um, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or tech. We'll get some text next episode. We got, we're getting a lot of them at 402-403-9478. Absolutely. And I tell you what, I'm, I, I found something better than Meghan Markle to talk about. Oh, you did? Yeah, I Is did. there anything? Can you turn my headphones up? Just a touch. I'm the one that should have had the tech so test. There we go. Tech How's test. And so we are, and so what I wanted to say mm-hmm. was that um, the thing that I found that's even better than Meghan Markle is this person that we have on our podcast today is... Our guest, which is Patty Penke. Hi, Patty. Hi, how you doing? Two doing pa- great. Two Pats, two Patties <laughs> two on Pats a podcast. Two Pats on St. Patrick's Off- Day. Ooh. They can't get no better than that. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> right? I was at Target the other day getting my glasses. I'm, yes, I'm getting glasses. Um, <laughs> and I, they were looking me up in the system, and they said, Pat, no, we just have uh, two Patricias. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I only neat. got in trouble when you know when they, yeah. when they say Patricia, I knew I was in trouble. That's, that's right. <laughs> Same for Pat. That's uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But I just met Patty. And she has a book, and it's fascinating. And we got to talking, and just I, I, the more I heard of her story, the more I wanted her to come on our podcast and share the story. The book is called "Stop Throwing Cash in the Trash." Whoa, All right, okay. right, and yeah. that that immediately you know makes you go, okay, I, I'm, okay. I'm game. I didn't know yeah. that I was, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> I will immediately stop. But um, just kind of an overview of what the book's about. Yes. Um, well, for many years, I was a side hustler, uh, making money on the side, flipping items that you'd find at estate sales, auctions, garage sales. And um, at the time, I was also running a travel agency. Well, the travel agency business kind of went kind of down on because of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I said, what can I do now? Okay, well, wait a minute. I can, I know enough about collectibles and antiques. I can start an estate sale company. And we did that for a couple of years, and I said, you know what? Um, People are throwing away stuff, and they have no idea what they're throwing away because whether it be to the thrift store or into a dumpster, they really don't have a clue. Uh, They are keeping back the items um, that they thought would be considered valuable, which are not currently. So it's what's trending. Is uh, this is why I'm trying to get the word out, and we started with a book, which took me a couple of years you know, to write. It is so fascinating to me. I don't know if you watched the show American Pickers. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> that that, that um, Mike and Dan, Dave, mm, whatever. Uh-huh. Mike's one of them. Anyway, the, the boys they yes. can go into like a barn that is just looks trash that normal people would just throw it away, like you say. But they go in and they offer this dude, I'll give you eight hundred dollars for that rotten bucket. What? <laughs> yeah. It's, it blows yeah. me away because knowing that he, yeah. he's offering him half and going to flip it for double. Yeah. It's, it's, so what you do is pretty fascinating. To it me. is. And the, oh, the funny yeah. part is, is that you come by it naturally. Is that there, there's more to the story than just an interest in treasures. It was kind of like in your DNA. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Dad was a treasure hunter. My family, 
was, you know, we spent our earlier years as dad's crew uh, mining for gold in Anchorage, Alaska. And wow, looking that's fun. For, yeah, black. Do you remember, like, finding gold, like, actual yes, gold? In, yes, in, Like, was it on, like, one of those, like, at South Dakota where you're, like, pan for gold for a dollar? Like, you guys would go on, like, creeks and pan for gold? Yes, yes. My Holy father, cow. even though the youngest in the family was six, he had us crawling through thickets <laughs> along, God, along these raging rapids. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't care. He wants the gold. But we, yo. we did yeah. find um, he did find a few good sized nuggets for about the size of a half dollar, um, and That's a lot so of cool. a lot of gold dust, which is kind of uh, they're still nuggets, but just small. And uh, yeah, I actually have a nugget that I found that was shaped like an Alaskan bear. So that's wow. my treasure. It's oh my fun. god! And and this this that's not where it started though. When you you moved to Alaska, oh yeah, in '65, right after the earthquake in Alaska. Oh, oh gosh, I just there saw was a mess up there. I just <laughs> saw a documentary that it's it's on uh, dis, oh, what's that called Discovery Plus, mm-hmm. that new channel, and it's um, one of them was about earthquakes, and and it was talking about the Ring of Fire, is this and that, and then it went through all this other stuff, talked about Yellowstone being just the biggest earthquake on Earth, mm-hmm. or not earthquake, but that's a volcano, it's a volcano, but the earthquakes, and it was talking about all the earthquakes that could happen in the country, and they. We're hitting on the one in Alaska, which I, I know I've seen stuff on it before, but really, wow, that was, that had to be just like amazing. Yes. It, it, it you know, like I, it uh, hit, hit downtown Anchorage pretty good. And when we would go out to find where we found the gold was at Crow Creek, which you'd have to go along the Cook Inlet, which is where the ocean comes in. And that whole area flooded uh, with, with mud. And so houses were literally, you could see the roofs, but they were wow. under the mud. So wow. yeah, it was pretty, pretty sad. But um, yeah, my dad met an old miner and the miner took on to daddy like dad and uh, they became friends. And he said, I will allow just you to go down and mine for gold. So we did the sleuth boxing. You know, sleuth boxing is the next step up from gold panning. Uh, so you get a little bit more serious. Then they get into dredging. And, of course, dredging uh, is big time. And yeah. So is, is the sleuth, is that what it's called, sleuth boxing? Yes. Is that where you, like, put, like, silt or whatever into this pan and kind of shift it back and forth? It's, like, great, like, not chicken wire, a lot smaller holes yeah. than that. It just kind of sifts through and the gold stays in the pan. Well, um, my dad box. would make the boxes. They, they were, you know, two sides with a plat- platform underneath. And mm-hmm. you'd put lats every, I think it was, like, every 10 inches. And under that was carpet. So um, dad would bring the bucket down from digging in the hole. He would put it at the, we'd put the, the sleuth box in the stream. First of all, we had to set it with rocks. So it was just right. Then um, he would put the, the dirt in the beginning of the, uh, the box and we would sift through it. Kind of like, just kind of wash it. Basically, we're washing rocks and dirt. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, yeah I, 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 for a lot I of was people, raised. True, for a lot of people, that's all they ever do. <laughs> right? Just washing rocks. Just yeah. washing rocks. <laughs> I'm like, I just would rather be sitting eating a candy bar by the fire, right? but oh well. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, yes, it was really weird because the gold is heavy. So the gold naturally goes to the bottom of the box and gets caught in the carpet. So all the rocks and the dirt would wash away, and the gold would be left in the bottom of That's the box. That is so cool. So we, you, we could usually tell. It was like, oh, my gosh, there's that bright yellow. We, yeah. We've got a nugget. There it is. So. <laughs> so before you went to Alaska, where were you guys at? Um, I was born in Lowell, Massachusetts, and from the get-go, I realized Dad was a treasure hunter. He had us looking for Viking caves. 
Uh, and um, it's like, wait, what? what? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, 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 well, we went through some ruins. Um, it's actually there's a place called uh, America's Stonehenge. Yes. And I believe it's in um, Massachusetts, like the northern part of Massachusetts. But yeah, this is just like the Stonehenge in England. And Dad said he used to play there when he was a kid. He used to climb up on the rocks and stuff. But they did the ritualistic things, mm-hmm. and the the rocks were placed where different positions with the sun and. Oh, yeah, we, we did all that stuff. I mean, that's Man. so cool. Now, the Viking cave thing, that's another thing. Um, there's also, there. I, I remember watching something about that, which I'd never, it's like, of course they came here. Of course they were here. We knew that. But they find caves where they'll find not only Vikings markings or runes, I think is the, the stones that they find sometimes that in essence, not necessarily Vikings, but also other markings in caves from Indians, um, different tribes. Mm-hmm. And there are some in Arizona in particular, and they mentioned Vikings because they they were finding the exact same things that they were finding like on the East Coast. Yeah, very interesting. And that it's is like, interesting, interesting, yeah. Wait, they traveled that far? That is interesting. And that they were here way before Columbus ever dropped by. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, uh, we, we, we did quite a bit. of. He also would take us looking for minerals like uh, mica. Mica was a big one back East, uh, you know, um, they can make mica flakes. I think glitter comes from like mica flakes. Like some of the old Christmas ornaments are made with mica. So um, wow. we also look for garnets. Um, I didn't even know that a, was a thing. Looking for garnets? Yeah. yeah. I remember in South Dakota, speaking of that, we a uh, family vacation a long, long time ago, and we would we panned for ruby garnets and have a little tube of them still from oh, that yeah. trip. It was fun. That's uh, it, it, When I think about your, you panning for gold along yeah. the little inlets up in Alaska, it's like that's instantly what I think of is the ruby garnets panning. It was such a fun memory. Such yeah. a cool thing. Well, everybody loved that discovery. <clears throat> I yeah. mean, you know, now they're in the drawers. and <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. look what I found. Look what I found. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So, so when you're doing your, your hunting now, when you're doing your treasure hunting, and you're going to estate sales or whatever, wherever else that you may happen to come across things, and, and probably then selling things on eBay was a, was a for yes. a while, right, when that got going. Because that was a big deal. I had a friend that, that basically, she went to garage sales and estate sales like a job. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then she flipped everything on eBay. Yeah. And oh, she yeah. was making money. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. But she absolutely loved. I, I think oh, yeah. it was the whole, I, the whole process. It's the like rush doing- of finding something and knowing you can make money on it and actually having somebody buy it. Yeah. It's a rush. Yeah. And one of the things that you mentioned that a lot of people either donate or throw away or make them into quilts are jeans. Yes. There are, and there are particular, are there particular brands or, or how, because I got some jeans. Right? You've seen the pictures? Well, let's go look at them. Right? (laughs) I I have a hard time giving them away, especially when they were favorite pairs. I'll give you 10 bucks right now. Right? I'm going to be a size two again, damn it. (laughs) Just like I was in seventh grade. I swear to God. Exactly. I I will wear these. But, of course, they're all out of fashion now, you know, no matter what. But I do have them. Oh, no, they're in fashion now. (laughs) So tell me about that. If if we were going to pass along, like, a trade secret for people to go check their closets, what are you looking for? Specifically jeans. Yeah. Well, specifically Levi's. Okay. Levi's. And uh, there's been a few shows. I mean, I think Pickers now and then talks about them. And here and there you might hear a couple of things. But I really tried uh, tried to dabble into how do you identify. Because just in case, first thing you're going to look at is that red tab on the pocket of the back. You know, the back right pocket. Um, If there's an L capital E, it's pretty much a good thing. Now, you got to check and make sure it's not a reproduction from from China or Japan. So 
The next thing you would look for would be the selvage. You flip your, the leg of your blue jeans out, and if you see a white selvage with like a little red line What's in it. What's a selvage for the idiots uh, it would be. I, have no idea, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, in the sewing world, <laughs> when you stitch two pieces of fabric together, um, that leftover fabric that uh, is, is not, uh, you know, it's like there's like a half an inch on each side. Yeah. Of, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's called the selvage. Okay. Uh, so if you flip out a pair of blue jeans, you're going to see stitching, like interlocking stitching. If you see that, they're not old. But if you see it opened up and in white and with oh, like, okay. gotcha. yeah, then okay. there's also other telltale signs like the, uh, the rivet. Um, if you look at the back of the rivet, there'll be a number on there. Um, the pockets also, the stitching in the pockets, the hidden rivets. There's so many different things, but the big key is that big E. I mean, like I found. Wow, um, I did not know about that. No That's clue. crazy. And, no and clue. I have to ask, why, is there a reason why they had the big E, like the, the, the capital E? <laughs> you know, it's just a matter of trading, uh, changing over to new, to new looks. I mean, um, okay. I believe yeah. it was 1971 or 72 they did that. So, I mean, I found a pair of 1968. It's funny because we were with my dad <clears throat> and we were doing a clean out, <clears throat> excuse me, on um, one of the homes that uh, we do estate sales. So uh, there was a burned out shed and we found an old box of vintage clothes. And I, I pulled out a pair of vintage Levi blue jeans. and I was like, oh, my God, treasure. And my dad looked at me like, I don't see gold. What are you talking about? <laughs> and I was like, Dad, look, the blue jeans. He goes, what about blue jeans? So what? And I says, well, just wait. So one week later, I showed him what I sold him for. I sold him for 1400 on eBay. What? Yeah, 1968 pair of 501. Wow. Yeah. So if so, everything, crazy. if somebody goes in their closet right now and has uh, everything that you said, those, yeah, those whatever, Levi's. what would a pair of jeans, does it depend on the year as far as how much it'd be worth? But are we were talking like... Fourteen, fifteen hundred bucks. If they have, oh if yeah, in shape. oh yeah. I mean, older. You're talking. Oh my gosh, the really old ones bring in like fifty thousand. But you, I mean, you could go. Wow. What, yeah. what would be what year? What year would be considered really old? Oh, like early nineteen hundreds. Right. Yeah. Right. Like when they first started Levi Strauss. Right when they first started yeah. producing the jeans. Wow. Um. So they yes. did they have to be in like premium condition. No. In fact, um, I, wow. I had advertised if anybody was, uh, like, was a wanted ad. I said, if you want to get rid of your vintage clothes, give me a call. And I went to a gal's house, and um, she was showing me, showing me some items that she had had in a garage sale, and I wasn't really interested in them. And um, she said, well, I might have a few things down in the basement. I'm like, oh, basement. Let's, Let's go. go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah, so we went down there and um, she had a pile of rags and I noticed on top of the rags there was some tattered looking blue jeans and I, I noted right away the big E. I'm like, uh, oh, this, do you, do you want these? She said, those are just old rags. I'm like, what do you want for the pile of old rags? And she said, I don't know, $5? I'm like, sold. sold. So there was a pair of cutoffs in there. They were shorts. God. Sold them for three hundred dollars. Oh my god! So yeah, I mean, you have to have an eye. You got to do your research. Yeah. On it. So what, do, what yeah. do people do with them that buy them? Is it just like is it like a secret club? It's just a trend. Like they they show it's them off trend. on their Facebook group, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, it's a part. I think yeah. it's a part of the American history. Yeah. It's like we have to have a part. The people actually buying them are uh, in Japan. Um, that's the avid buyers, but yeah. uh, still here in the United States as well. Still do. So besides jeans, what else in what, like our clothing I... closet do we have that could possibly yeah. be worth some cash? Well, any name brands, like like if you have like Coco Chanel, anything, yeah, you know, a Hermes or any kind of vintage things like that, any kind of designer couture 
type when, of when items. When you say vintage, what what is what does that mean to you? Um, vintage is basically anything less than the 1990s, I would consider. But and yet, anything. Well, yeah, right? you Pretty get into much. antiques when you get into like the 19th century. Then you're saying antiques. So if I had <clears throat> some clothes from the 80s. <laughs> That were inher- that you inherited. That's obviously. vintage. Yeah. <laughs> That's vintage. Unfortunately, <laughs> that I inherited. Yes, <laughs> swear to God, um, that would be considered vintage. Because yes. to me, when I hear vintage, it sounds um, special. Yeah. yeah, as in, I think like 40s, 50s, maybe 60s. I don't yeah, think and, 80s. and particular brands. Mm-hmm. Well, even right? even 90s, the grunge stage, like with boots and stuff like that. They yeah. called it the grunge era. Yeah, uh, there's quite a bit of like the old prom dresses. Now there's something. I mean, you see, you can pick those up for 10 bucks, and yeah, around Halloween time, get 150 a pop for some yeah. of these old. You know the the shoulders, oh the, God, the puffed yes. up shoulders and stuff. With you know the, there, and and I know the that big bow. Yeah, I, I don't know if you are on TikTok or if you waste any time on TikTok. Social media. Yeah, yeah. I don't in, even know how to do well, Facebook. Okay. <laughs> well, there's okay. We need to get you on Facebook. It's just a great place to sell some stuff. Oh my God, but I, on, I'm kidding. <laughs> on TikTok, there is um, there's a guy that, that's one of the accounts where what they do is he claims, and I've done some research on this guy that he made over a million dollars last year from going to uh, Target, Dollar Store, and um, other places. And buying stuff on clearance and going on Amazon and selling it for full price, and he's made a ton of money. Wow! We yes. were at we were at Target last year right after Christmas, and they put their like that right when we got there. They put all their Christmas trees on ninety percent off, and there were like there were hundred hundred dollar Christmas trees for ten bucks. So we bought a few of them, you know, thinking, <laughs> hey, we can flip these bad boys. But that's like something that people don't even think about. You find some really good yeah. something on clearance at any store, you're like, man, I could go online. And sell yeah. it for what the the actual price is. Yeah, if it's like a one of a kind kind of thing, like yeah. I mean, Christmas even, tree's a great idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unbelievably enough, like when we talk like toys, like Masters of the Universe. I was going to ask you about my Thai beanie babies. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I would never love, mind. I would love. To, yeah, I was going to say I would love to give you some good answers on that, but some of them are. I mean, you might have that that needle in a haystack that's worth a lot of money. But um, go back, go back to what you were talking. Yeah, about. yeah. Marvels, yeah. Go back. <laughs> well, the Masters of the Universe, yeah, the clone toys that Japan made and things like that. They, that's what are that, because it's one of a kind. That's the ones that are worth more. So the clones the are clone worth more. Toys. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they were only made for a short time. Got like it. Barbie doll clones. I found out when doing a um, a YouTube on Barbie clone. I had, I had found a bunch of Barbie doll clothes. I went, okay, wait a minute. There's no label. There's no black Barbie doll Mattel label. And I uh, did my research, me, researches and, and found that um, these were clone Barbie doll clothes and found that there was probably 20 clones of Barbie made. And I'm like, oh, my God, I never knew this. But, yeah. yeah. I did. I it didn't even cross my mind that there would be like a black market. No, for Barbie clothes. I would think that if it didn't have the Barbie <laughs> logo, that it would be worthless. It's an imposter. That's what I thought too. Yeah, but, uh, you know they're not worth as much, but still, you know, yeah. the, you know, they were still it, always. If it's mint in package, I mean, any Barbie that's mint in the original box, I mean, you know, sky's the limit. Yeah. But if she's got you know hair that looks like you know it's fallen out, then. <laughs> That's yeah. a different story. Right? Yeah. Or if you used a marker on her for Yeah, makeup. right. right. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Just something I inherited. Right. Um, right. <laughs> so what are some other uh, finds that people that are com- not common, but, but the regular Joe might have in their closet? What would you, like, are there, are there furnishings? Mm-hmm. Are there 
uh, like I think of uh, some of the dishes that grandma left me, right? Yes. Um, well, unfortunately, I would love to give a hey, hey on the, on the China and things like that. But uh, that's another thing that's down right now as far as values. But if you have like Linux, um, you know, nor, a nice set of Nortaki. Uh, but if the ones like you used to buy at the store, like if you get so much in groceries, you get a flea plate. No, no, no. That's not, <laughs> not going to work. I just yeah. have a bunch of crap. Right. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I'm getting this feeling. But it's got, you know, sentimental value, then <laughs> that's, that's right. a treasure. <laughs> that, that's a treasure. That is <laughs> yeah. true. What yeah. did you bring with you? Well, I just bought a couple of things to talk about. I have a, a Bakelite bracelet here. Um, I wanted to tell you a story. Uh, one of my treasure finds was um, I stopped in. I saw a man sitting at a, this older man, um, looked like to be 80 years old. He was sitting out in front of his uh, house with two card tables set up and said garage sale. So I was like, oh, oh, well, it doesn't look like a big one, but I'll still stop. And I saw two packages of um, jewelry, but you know, bagged up $5 a piece. And in the the bags, I found two, they looked unusual, but I knew they were Bakelite. And I'll tell you how I knew that in a minute. But they were called um, random injected dot bracelets. So I paid $5 for each bag and sold two of the bracelets uh, for $3,000 a piece. Uh, Whoa, so is that one of those? No, this I'm I, like, you I better watch yourself here. walking out of here. There's some rough people around this yeah. neighborhood. Well, not all of them. Like I said, these were injected dot. You know, okay. they have a dot pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the... Like when you see that, you know right away they're worth well, a lot of money. Do you get sweaty? I do, but do you and like, do you, you get nervous? Like, she's got to have a poker face. <laughs> I, I would think because if you go up to this guy, ask him what you're what he wants for him, and you're sweating, and like he's like, I mean, do you get like instantly get a rush when you know you have something huge? Well, you know, the, the thing about it is, at the time, I was a little bit like, hmm, these just look unusual. I mean, I wasn't quite sure they were Bakelite. I was like, hmm. But I wasn't, I can't like say, okay, let me pull them out of the bag, rub them. If I smell, yeah. if I smell formaldehyde. What a tell. Right. He's going to be like, what are you doing? What are you doing there? Yeah, <laughs> good point. I'm getting my rush for the day. Yes, I am. <laughs> so no, I, I just took a chance at $5. Why not? Um, I brought them home and I dipped them in hot water for 30 seconds. And there was the formaldehyde. And I went, okay, these are Bakelite. Wow. And when I, we asked, then the rush came. I started looking up on eBay. I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. This was a good thing. <laughs> That's just So crazy. formaldehyde there, are they made with formaldehyde or is that it? Yes. That's that what's it was in- a, Yes. Bakelite was one of the components was formaldehyde. Oh, interesting. So uh, you just, you can actually, if you don't have, you're somewhere and you're like, I don't know. You can just rub it, like, yeah. like create friction yeah. with your fingers, like maybe for about a minute or so, and then smell your finger and you'll get the you'll same know. smell. Interesting. Yeah. That's crazy. I just, I think about all the garage sales now and you're just, you have to be just like springtime and, and well, all summer, <clears throat> right? Garage sales. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. From fall <laughs> all the way to, you know, well, it, no, you're not going to find garage sales during the winter, but you are going to yeah. find estate sales. You'll see you can yeah. find estate sales. Um, I was going to say a little bit about, you know, I did do a lot. I went to a lot of auctions. I love farm auctions. Yes. But so does my now, dad. I grew up going to farm auctions with my dad. Yes. Yep. Yes. That's, there's where you find your treasures. Yep. It is. They'll have a whole box of something and it's just, and yes. you don't know what's in it. And mm-hmm. it's like five, I'll, I'll buy it. Yeah. We'll see what we got. Well, you know, you know when somebody stand there guarding the box or something in there. That's yeah. the truth. It's a fellow side hustler that's like, Mm-mm. I'm getting her. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, oh my God. Have you ever had any luck like with, what was the name of the show where they used to open up the storage units? Storage oh, Wars. Yeah. Storage, yeah. Wars. Storage, storage Wars. Storage yeah. Wars. Those kind of things ever? I've only in? gone to a few of those because I, I don't trust the integrity of some of these companies that have these auctions. And, uh, 
there, you know, I mean, have they already opened it or is it a surprise? I yeah, mean, you know right. what I mean? But um, there's one uh, particular auction company here in Omaha that was a good one. Auction Solutions are very good. And uh, they've had quite a few of those storage auctions that were surprise ones. And yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, I filled up a 5,000 square foot home and I was like, okay, you're en- enough is enough. You, <laughs> you need to start shedding. Right. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you said that, and it's true that there aren't um, a lot, there are some auctions, but there aren't garage sales in the winter. But with Facebook Marketplace now, I'm sure you could sit back and just scroll and see people posting things that you're like, that could be a winner. That could be a winner. Oh yeah. All the time. They're coming to right. you. Yeah, they're coming to you. And have you, you said you're not on Facebook, but are you on Facebook? Yes, I so, am. I was just teasing. I, do, you, do you go through Marketplace and look for things like yeah, that? Yes, I do. But, you know, I think the people that are on Marketplace kind of know what they have. I mean, um, it's kind of like the, when they did the junk, junk jot here in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You know, every year they do a junk jot. The ones, there's the regulars that come out every year with the same stuff. But then there's somebody that just advertises a state sale. Yeah. And they really... They just, just put, you know, that's, that's worth their time to have an estate sale. That's where yeah. you're going to find your treasure mm-hmm. is at the, Interesting. you know. So okay. do you find that uh, with estate sales, I always wondered about this because the people that are hired to sell the stuff, do they kind of pick through everything first? You know what I mean? If I was a, if I was an auctioneer, I'd just Not totally me. <laughs> <laughs> that you're just like, yeah, we'll handle this and get all this stuff sold for you. Let's take a look at what you got. Mm-hmm. Tell you yeah. what, I'll give you this right now for this one. And I'll give well, you- yeah, it's against ethics. You know, it's just okay. like an appraiser coming to appraise your items, you know, an, an ethical appraiser will say, but hey, I'll take it off your hands right now for, yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, the job is to get your pay and to tell them what they what, what the insured have. or the fair value is of, of that item. That's good. So, <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, yes, because crossed my mind quite a few times. And I, I've given them what I call fair value yeah. for something. I mean, what you have to do is meet somebody in the middle. It's like, okay, we're selling your item. But then again, most people that come in that door want to flip that item yeah. and make some money. So you have to meet them in the middle point. It's like, all right. You're going to sell that for 10, but I'm going to make 30 on it. I mean, mm-hmm. you try to make it at least, at least meet them somewhere. But these, uh, the people that are coming to these state sales literally want something for a dollar, $2. Um, and yeah, they're flipping it for 800 or so. So yeah. I'm trying to be on both sides. It's like, hey, let's help the people that are doing the state sales at yeah. the same time, help those treasure finders that are treasure hunters that are looking for treasure. Exactly. So in your book, do you talk about all the stuff we talked about today? Like what specific items to look for and the tells on these items? Is that what your book covers? Well, you know, it was kind of like a all in one guidebook to get started because man, I could do probably 20 or 30 of these books because there's so much out there that's valuable Mm -hmm. that people don't know about. I mean, I talked a little bit like about Holt Howard, which are these little ceramic condiment jars, um, that uh, they used in the mid-century. Mid-century is big. Um, and, you know, these little pixie jars can sell for like three to 400, like wow. a mustard jar, a ketchup jar, you know, a butter container, you know, all that stuff. That's, Salt and pepper shaker. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, just little things like that that you don't even realize. You just packed them away. Yep, or ugly stuff from grandma's house. I was going to say, yeah. ugly, ugly or they're better. They're mm-hmm. like, the, I mean, these little pixies are the ugliest things you ever saw, but yet yeah. people want them. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So I may, I might have some stuff then. Yeah, go, <laughs> go start looking through. I got to start, start rooting through. through. Um, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming in. Well, thank um, you. And uh, yeah, best on this book. I mean, I would love to see some some future treasure hunters. I want you to go look through your closet I and know. report back on your pants. I don't have any Levi's. <laughs> okay. 
Would any of that make well, sense? I think mid-century or 70s. How about those hippie clothing and pull out the... What about Wranglers? <laughs> you got to have some Wranglers in there. Those are Wranglers... Well, Lee. Lee's a good one. Lee's a good one, but mm-hmm. Wranglers, no. Even anything from the 70s or 80s that we would wear. <laughs> oh, you are sitting on you a honey Bobby hole. Brooks? <laughs> <laughs> I am minted, You right? are totally minted. Oh. Hang 10. Was Hang 10? Oh, oh my yeah. God. Yes. Oh, my yeah. God. This is going to be so much fun. It was so nice to where, meet you. Where can they find your book? Where's your website? Okay, I have a website called uh, www.patriciapenke.com. And also you can find out lots of free information as well as ordering the book if you go to turn turn trash number two dot cash. So it's actually turn trash two dot cash. Okay, got it. Perfect. And like I said, there's yeah. lots of stories there that are interesting. They're fun, um, historical, and uh, very... You, you blog, too. Yeah, I mean, that's the blog. It's actually like, the blog. Turn many, Trash to Crash. How many articles? What's that? About 130 or so in nice. there. Nice. Yeah. There's yeah. some stuff to dive deep into. Sweet. Definitely. Patricia, thank you for coming in. Well, thank you, guys. You yeah, got it. Absolutely. Stop throwing cash in the trash. I'm all down for that. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. It's Pat and JT, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Podcast, a Huda Media Production.